This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Hello, good morning and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell. Firstly, thanks to John Keane, who sat in the hot seat last Saturday morning, couldn't do the show. But I'm back and this week we'll be talking about Amplitude, the conference which we've mentioned and indeed talked to people about over the last number of weeks. Well, it took place in the Lyrath Estate in Kilkenny on Wednesday last. Later, we'll be talking to some of the people who we met on the day. But first, I've been aware of this Kilkenny-based online business for quite a few years. My Shining Armour, operated by Kilkenny entrepreneur Nicky Hoyne. I was delighted that Nicky came into the studio during the last week to chat to me about her online business. I started by asking her how and when she started myshiningarmour.com. I founded it five years ago, nearly six actually. I quit my job six years ago and then started 1st of January 2014 and launched in April that year. And did you quit your job when you knew you were going to do it or had you quit I your kind job? of do you know a friend of mine very like a family friend since I was little turned around to me and I was like do you know I think I'm going to start this business I'm going to start this online business and she was like sure of course you are you're always going to do that Nick and when she said it so like she was dismissive she was tidying up or something she's like sure you're always going to do that and it was kind of like Oh yeah, <laughs> like I was. So I went and I think once the decision... But you're from decision, a very entrepreneurial family. Exactly. Did you not grow up thinking like... Oh no, oh. I was off in London like in my late 20s, early 30s and I used to get, well, when are you going to start this business? You're off there and I'd be like, well, I'm having a great time. You know, it was the recession and I was like, I had friends who'd started their businesses and they were like, it's so hard. And I was like, well, I'll just have fun here for a while. You know, I was living the high life. I worked in um, beauty brands. I worked for... With Boots, I worked at Elizabeth Arden and Cody, who'd own like Calvin Klein and Marc Jacobs and all these big, amazing brands. And I'd worked with like Nintendo and Diageo, and I was doing all these great things with these great brands. And I was like, this is brilliant fun. Um, and then I came home. I kind of was like, if I stay in London, I'll be here forever. And I didn't really want to be there forever. Um, I only went for six months initially and then stayed. Um, so I went I came home and I worked um, I worked for about 10 months here and then I was like okay I worked at Merlin and I just hated it I was like I cannot get passionate about showers I need to be brand and um, I was working in, in France and it was just travel travel and it was exhausting and I just said no okay I'm going to do my own thing and I think I just came to the point where the job I wanted I say this very poetic I think I stole this from someone definitely the job I wanted didn't exist so I created it for myself and I saw um, the like little business Instagram I loved Instagram and it was kind of very early days it wasn't very big in Ireland and that was there were these bloggers and they were like before it was like back in 2011 12 and there was something in it and I saw these little businesses and they were American and I kind of looked into them like that's a girl at home and she's got two kids and she's doing it from her kitchen table Whereas now that's actually quite common. You get loads of businesses that kind of Instagram businesses or they're on social media. And I just went, I can do that and I can do it better. I've all this experience at massive international brands. I can do this. And I literally went and did it and I've had a ball. 
yeah. had a ball yeah. and no obstacles has, a, has it all been oh my god sailing? it has been a roller coaster I've made more mistakes than I care to <laughs> you know I've like been ripped off by web developers like went into Christmas 2013 no 2015 with a website that didn't work very well looked great um, and big like oh, your new website and it didn't work and he refused to you know like it was just so many things and you know and because I think I'm very like innovation and what's next and I remember years ago I'm being told put yourself out of business and I never really understood what that meant until I realised there were people then who like pennies was watching what I was doing and they would bring out products similar to some of the stuff that I had and other little you know little businesses started and I was like oh they're doing the same as me and it, you know and, and I just was like I need to put myself out of business so I literally started off with statement jewellery and I was like well that's a trend and it was very 2014 2015 like statement you know necklaces and stuff like that and I was like okay the ch- and I was getting bored I was like well I'm bored of that because I'll do something and because I was so obsessed with it um I then brought in stationery and then I, you know, brought in, okay, let's do, oh, notebooks and um, tech accessories. You know, everyone was kind of accessorizing their phones and their, you know, and I just kept going like, like, and then I was like, oh, brand. So you're bringing in a big name that kind of boosts your business. So I had like Kate Spade stationery and that was just went phenomenally well. Um, And it just kind of has snowballed and I, and I get bored so easily that I just keep putting myself, keep changing it, keep changing and changing and changing. And are you not, speak to me a bit about confidence. Are you naturally confident? Because a a lot of people who start businesses, I think, struggle with the confidence bit and I think it holds back a lot of people. Have you always been confident in? in I, yeah, I think, you know, I can't take any credit for it. I think my dad is someone who really doesn't care what people think and he just is a risk taker and he does his own thing. But my mum is the most positive person in the world and since I was dosh she always told me you're brilliant you can do whatever you want the most important thing I think it comes from a a most important thing in my life is to be happy and enjoy what I do and if you're enjoying what you're doing you're confident in that well this makes me happy and I think then you know I could like people then I suppose from the outside like it was hard work and flat out but people from the outside are like wow you're doing so amazing you're everywhere and like you know and I was very I suppose from a marketing point of view very much we've shipped to 20 countries we've shipped to 30 countries we've shipped to 40 countries and that people are like wow and constantly kind of this then I probably got a bit of imposter syndrome at some point I was like wow everyone's telling me I'm amazing and successful and this is crazy and I think I read recently and someone was talking about success and they were like well once once you're successful like how where do you go from there so I kind of I think that made me stop and go okay you got to get new dreams and new goals and I just I don't know I just live my own little world and I've always kind of tried to be different and try to do something differently and that's where my my kind of gift or my gut lies and I know I'm onto something now nine times out of ten I, I get something new and I'm like yes and people love it and that's the thing so it's good that knows like, for, yeah. for what people are like and I know when to get out of things you know I know when to go do you know what that's enough of the funny doormats because they're now in wherever you see them in other stores and that's enough of that or just different products that I've done and it's like get in get out and just move on and be new because if you're not new you're old and there's enough people kind of out there trying to replicate what you're doing that you you need to just keep on your toes and so presumably we're we're in early November at the moment presumably a critical 
uh, period of the year yeah. for you. Tell us about that. Christmas is probably 30% of the year. And I think probably the, not the first, but the second year in business, that Christmas was like 60% of the year. It just exploded. Everything kind of happened at the same time. And I, people say you're everywhere, but I wasn't really everywhere. I was in all the places I need to be for my profile of customers so you know all the right bloggers the right magazines on expose um, was sounds it, good how yeah. did you manage that I just asked I think that's the thing like got in you know people say how'd you, I got in Cosmopolitan Grazia magazine and Vogue magazine how'd you gain I asked I literally messaged them and sent them stuff and went this is my brand and I packed it up really nicely and the best thing that ever happened was the jewellery editor of Vogue sent me an email she'd received a package and she was this like literally no one can take this away from me it's like my proudest thing ever because I love Vogue and Vogue is kind of the pinnacle and the dream and I I sent it to her and she emailed me and she was like I got your she took the time to email me and say I got your package I get loads of these but you did it so well you put it together so well I, I nearly died and at this point I was it was a third Thursday and I was watching my nieces I used to watch them like for cash literally on a Thursday and um, they were there and I was like screaming at them they were like two and I was like oh my god folk it's folk and they they were just like nodding at me like hey, what's she doing but, <laughs> Nikki's got me yeah like oh that was that fe- and I think that's what keeps you going the days like that because there's hard days and months and you're just like oh my god can I keep doing this to keep up that you know you're on all the time it's a very social media a digital business and for those days where you literally could fly like it there's nothing like that feeling I think and that's what keeps you going Obviously driven by passion Finally Nikki just give me your top three tips for somebody thinking of starting a business Starting your own business just do it go for it you'll regret not having started earlier Um, and I would say do you do your own thing don't be trying to rep there's no point in being the second rate version of someone else do you if you have a good idea and you're brave enough to start your own business be brave enough to do your own thing and go for it and number three oh gosh you'll never pay yourself as soon as you think you will and it's all about margin and a good team like team is so important to have support around you and people who push you and drive you Nikki, thank you very much. You. Uh, that's Nikki Hoyne. And the website, Christmas is coming, so check it out. My Shining Armour. That's armour with an O-U-R dot com. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.onf.ie. Nikki Hoyne there of myshiningarmour.com and if you're into accessories it's well worth a visit www.myshiningarmour.com Now over the last number of weeks we talked quite a bit about Amplitude the Conference on Disruptive Innovation we've even done a special podcast on it which you can access on the Apple Store Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts just look for uh, Bottom Line KCLR and you'll come to that but anyway the actual conference took place on Wednesday last in the Lyrath Hotel Kilkenny. Great event with lots of interesting people and interesting talks. It, the conference was officially launched by Minister for Training, Skills and Innovation, Research and Development, Waterford TD, John Halligan. 
He made an interesting speech and afterwards I caught up with him and asked him about the central role played by innovation in Irish industry. Absolutely. I was making the point inside and I make it everywhere I go that innovation will be the driver of economies. It'll be the sustainability of your economy and how your economy grows over the next 10, 15, 20 years. The reason for that is that the research and how companies are up innovating upwards um, all of the time. I made a point inside that we're facing into what I would called the fourth industrial uh, revolution and that means that the technological advances that will be made over the next 10, 15, 20 years will be unimaginable. We have to be part of that. Ireland is doing exceptionally well. We're number two in the world for scientific research and we're number 10 on the innovation scoreboard in Europe which is good but we're in competition all of the time with our with our friends in Europe but then as I said earlier on uh, with the big economies like Japan, South Korea, India, Israel, America and that's what we have to compete with in future years. And you were suggesting that there's a bit of work to be done in terms of getting public buy-in to the value of uh, innovation, that people don't really yet appreciate the full value and the economic uh, rewards of it. Is that a fair representation of what you were saying? It is and what you say, absolutely. And like I was making a point that the sooner we um, appoint a Minister for Science, the better it will be for us. Most countries across Europe do that. And innovation and research uh, is under the kind of science module or within that module if you like and if you look at um, I make the point that when we come to budgets for instance we talk about how much do we invest in housing which we need to do how much do we invest in education which we need to do how much do we invest in health which we need to do but you rarely hear a public debate on how we should be investing in research and development in spite of the fact that many of the top companies that come to Ireland particularly the FDI companies the pharmaceutical companies the financial service companies that come come because of their close association and their close collaboration with our universities and institutes of technology because of the research that they do there. And that's very important for us. It's a driver for our future economy. But is too much innovation and time spent talking about innovation just devoted to business? Do we need more innovative and disruptive thinking in relation to how we run the country? Absolutely. And I mean, I'm, that's a very good question. And like when we talk about innovation, we can talk about how does that impact on, for instance, how we build our houses. Uh, how we manage our health system. It isn't just about, people get the idea, oh, is this about science, is this about research? But research and innovation crosses right across the spectrum in society, how we have a better quality of life. And a lot of the innovative measures that have been carried out in, uh, for instance, in, 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 in medicine has benefited you as an individual, me as an, an individual and society as a whole. So you're right on that. I think that it's again back to the public perception where we need to be able to say to the public, look, this is what innovation can do for you as an individual. This is what it can do for your county, your city, and this is what it can do for your country and your economy. Because at the end of the day, it's having a buoyant economy gives people a quality of life. And uh, you also hinted at the South East as, a, as an entity needs to get better at working together. Yes, I think that collaboration is everything. Now, we do have good pharmaceutical companies, a hub developing in the south, uh, the southeast. You know, we have companies like Bosch and Lom, Teva Pharmaceutical, West Pharma, all coming together. For instance, West Pharma, their research centre in Waterford, uh, they have seven around the world. This is the most innovative, and this is the, the, they've invested more in this in, in, in that centre than they have in anywhere else around the world. So I think that's important for Waterford, and I don't mean Waterford. I mean the southeast in general, Carlow, Kilkenny, Wexford.
Wexford that the more we collaborate together the more we can get the South East to grow the more we can entice FDI companies the more we can deal with uh, small to medium enterprises which again um, entices people to invest here which builds our economy which creates employment which uh, if you like uh, develops our quality of life and finally um, a conference like today is important because it brings people together from a range of agencies and all over the South East it does and also what it does is we're talking about collaboration and that's what it's all about when you have Enterprise Ireland the IDA Institute of Technology here all the different research organisations like SEAM SSGG and so on coming together to collaborate to talk to see how they can further develop collaboration or cooperation between themselves because this is done all over the world hubs are put together in cities uh, of, of research companies the reason how they, and how they do that primary, primarily how they do that is by true collaboration and cooperation and that's what we need to do in Ireland The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business www.omf.ie Eilish Delaney Design Plus Gateway Manager at the Institute of Technology Carlo. I'm Ramesh Raghavendra. I'm a director of a research centre called SEAM, uh, which stands for Southeastern Applied Materials Centre, based in Waterford Institute of Technology. Now, um, we've spoken before, both of you uh, working in distinct areas, but a lot of commonality. Uh, Ailish, you work in uh, design of products and services, mainly in the services area, and Ramesh, you're a lot on the processes, materials. materials. Tell us a bit more about your roles, Ramesh. Okay, my role is now as a director of a research center. Now we provide okay, our, our center it provides materials and design engineering solutions for wide ranging industrial sectors, right? Uh, from medical devices to pharma to precision engineering to electronics and so forth. Yeah, uh, so we provide a, a direct uh, what do you call consultancy services. For example, if if any product breaks down or anything like that, we can look at it and we can find out why it break and also the source why it or and also we provide mitigation solutions as well. Yeah, how you can provide such failures. Yeah. And we also do a kind of a longer, what they call, a innovation type of projects and, and also research, applied research project, uh, kind of long term, either for product improvement or process improvement and so forth. Yeah. Now, Elish, before I, I started this deep dive into, into the work of the institutes, um, uh, I thought of design as kind of graphic design, but, but you have a far deeper understanding of design and application of design in, in your role. Um, yes, absolutely. I suppose we look at design in terms of the research and development side. So it's not all about the aesthetics, really. It's it's really in terms of product design, service design. Um, we also do a lot of design strategy with companies. So be it startup companies and established SMEs. So what we normally bring them through is kind of like a four-stage process. We work with the company. We, we always encourage them to come back to the design strategy phase. So at that phase is really about like scoping and framing their existing resources, looking at what current products and service they have on the market and seeing how we can actually further innovate that. Um, and then once we have that process stage done, we move them across. They, we work hand in hand then with our visual communication designer on, I suppose, mapping that whole stage out. So what will actually visually look like for the user? So what we do is we keep the user at mind at all, at all costs. And I suppose as well, we need to also recognize what is feasible for the company to do within their own capabilities and their own financial resources. Then we move into the product or service um, service design. So this is all about your 3D CAD modeling, your concept development, and this is when it, you, you really get the look and feel of what it's actually going to look like. And once we, we, we look at that, work with the client on that side, um, we move it then into the prototyping. 
So again, we have a lot of prototype equipment like 3D prototyping um, model making machines. We have SLA printers. As, and so what we do is we're able to make a mock-up of that product for the company. Then that gives the company the opportunity to actually go onto the market, test that. We encourage them to break the prototype as much as they can, get as much consumer feedback as they can, bring it back to the design studio. We will take on board all the feedback and then retest that and do a number of different um, prototypes for them. At that stage then, it's they're at a stage where I suppose they validate the product. Um, it takes a lot of the risk out of it and then we they can move on then from us to into the manufacturing, into design consultants and into the manufacturing of the product. Um, Ramesh, uh, Ilish was talking there about 3D printing um, and I've seen the 3D printer set up in, in the Institute of Technology in Carlow. You were telling me about some of the, the kit that's at your disposal in SEAM and that's uh, that's available for companies throughout the southeast. You've worked with over 200 companies. Can you tell us about some of the some of the equipment that you've got there and how it can help companies innovate? Yeah, actually, no, we have, we have uh, uh, a lot of niche equipments in-house, right? For example, we have CT scanner, right? And these the CT scanners are exactly the same kind of a CAT scan system which are available in the, in the hospitals, right? These CAT scan equipment look at the human bodies, or inside of the human bodies. Our CT scanners, what we have, they look at inside of the product, right? So without breaking the product, or without opening the product, we can look at it if there's any fault, what is the fault in the product, yeah. And also, for example, you know, if uh, we, we can do product design optimization, uh, meaning, for example, once you make a product and if you want to see how much it has deviated away from the original design, yeah, you can do a CT scan and you can overlay, overlay that with the original design and see how much the product, your product has deviated away from the original design, yeah. So all these kind of things we can do with CT scanning, yeah. So apart from that, now we are also big into 3D printing, yeah. So we have uh, we have uh, we have a, a 3D printing. Uh, like, in fact, we are one of the leading 3D printing centers in the country, uh, in the sense um, we do uh, projects. In the sense we can, um, uh, sorry, um, we have we have this 3D printing. In the sense we provide training to industries in the area of 3D printing, and also we do cost benefit analysis. For example, if any small industries, if they want to find out how 3D printing can help in their product design or product uh, this thing, right? Um, so we can we can look at it and then uh, um, we can we can find out how 3D printing uh, improves their product, yeah. So Dr. Richard Hayes, in his opening address at the conference, he was talking about opening the gates to third level and, and really bringing in the community and the business community. The equipment that you guys have got and the expertise that, that you've got, uh, your whole mission is to make this available to as many people as possible. Tell us about that, Elish. Um, yes, so we have, a, like Ramesh and Seam, we have a number of 3D printers that um, companies can actually engage, come through the Design Plus um, office and then we can actually scope out what they actually, what the requirements are and then they can actually, we have a technician of, um, on board then that actually looks, that manages all the different um, facilities that we have and then we can develop prototypes for them and in addition to that as well um, we have a new centre for design coming on board as well, um, which is led by the Institute of Technology, again there's going to be a huge amount of prototyping equipment again, just specifically for industry use so it, we'd really encourage anyone out there to actually come through the gateways. And again, if IT Carlo can't facilitate um, your needs, we have, um, we're have we one of 15 gateways around the country that we can actually collaborate with another institute of technology and um, 
form the introduction for you. And that's part of the whole technology gateway um, network. A, a huge resource there, not just here in the southeast in Carlow and uh, uh, Waterford, but throughout the country. How many uh, technology networks are you tied into, Ramesh? Altogether, no, there are 15 gateway centres, right? In case if you don't have expertise in a particular area, then we refer to that to our sister concerns, yeah, sister technology gateway centres. It is distributed throughout the, throughout Ireland, um, but in, in the southeast, we are fortunate enough to have four uh, um, technology gateways, one in IT Carlo and three in WIT, yeah. Um, one of the things that strikes me, though, when I hear about CT scanners, 3D printers and so on, is the cost of this kit. What kind of money do companies need to be uh, thinking of when it comes to when it comes to accessing your services? Or is there funding assistance available? There are a lot of funding uh, uh, things available. Yeah. In fact, now Ireland is one country which really helps industries. in the you know, There's so much of funding pots available. In fact, we technology gateway centers, we tell industries, right, for example, if say, for example, if it's going to be a longer-term projects, right? So we tell industries there is there is so much of funding available, and we help industries write the proposal and get that funding. Yeah. So for example, right, if it is an Irish-based client, if it is an Irish-based company, you can get funding up to 80% under Innovation Partnership Program, and we do we do write we do uh, write the proposal based on their their needs. Yeah, and we submit the proposal and get that funding for the industries. And just to follow up what Ramesh said as well. If a company doesn't want to go into a big long a long-term project like an ACK up to 250k project with us there is an introductory step that what we can um, what we can facilitate as well it's called innovation vouchers so again they're enterprise Ireland funded they're worth 5,000 euro and the criteria for is is company needs to be a limited company and you can also avail of three of these so there's 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 approximately 15k of funding like at your disposal there so again it gives you kind of stepping stone in before you actually get into a full-scale innovation partnership with any of the institutions Elish Delaney and Ramesh Raghavendra, they're finishing off that report from the Amplitude Conference, which was held in Kilkenny during the week. And if you would like to hear more about Amplitude from Monday, uh, a special bottom line podcast will be available on all your podcast platforms, featuring lots of the people we spoke to uh, at the conference on Wednesday last. It was a really great event and lots of interesting people across lots of sectors from manufacturing to smart agri to future medical technology and all that kind of stuff. So do look up that podcast if you'd like to hear more. That's about all we've got time for on The Bottom Line this week. Thanks to everyone who took part in this week's programme. To Nikki Hoyne, Elish Delaney, Ramesh Raghavendra, Minister John Halligan and uh, thank you also to Deirdre Drummy who produced, John Keane who did a heroic job of stitching it all together on sound. I'm John Purcell. I'll be back with you next Saturday just after the 9 o'clock news. Until then, don't forget you can listen to this programme again on our Bottom Line podcast. But until then, have yourself a good week and enjoy the weekend. KCLR's Bottom Line. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie